Welcome to the Starkville State of Mind Podcast. Here is your host, Justin Strawn. Welcome to episode three of Starkville State of Mind. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Appreciate you guys tuning in for this Monday morning edition of this podcast. Got a good show lined up for you. It's a big, huge weekend for Mississippi State. Obviously, a lot of things to talk about. We'll start the top of the show with the women's basketball team earning their first ever SEC tournament championship. Went down a little bit differently than most of us thought it would. So we're going to discuss that off the top. Then we'll get into men's basketball and what their win over Texas A&M means. Plus, we will also discuss the baseball team's sweep over the main Black Bears. I think that's what they're called, the Black Bears. So uh, before we do that, though, let me talk tell you a little bit about Cherokee Valley, the presenting sponsor of the show. Obviously, you guys, if you've listened, to have heard me talk about Cherokee Valley for a long time. They have been really good to me and my son. They do a really good job of keeping a course upgraded and keeping it in really good condition for people to golf at year-round. It's hard to sometimes, especially like times this this time of year when you got a lot of rain, when it's cold. They do a really good job of keeping the course in good shape so that you can play on it even when it's not in the best ideal conditions. Like I said, they are a great golf course. They are one of the best in North Mississippi. Have wonderful practice facilities. Even if you can't get out on the course, if you've got 30 minutes and want to go work on your swing some, they've got some great practice facilities for you to do so. So I highly suggest that if you are in the Memphis area, in DeSoto County, if you're looking for a place to golf, consider Cherokee Valley. You can give them a call at 662-893-4444 to book a tee time. And you can go online to do it as well. Just simply go to branchgolf.com and you can book a tea time through the internet so like I said give them a chance give them a give them a chance to earn your golfing dollars because like I said I think they have earned ours more times than not so uh, give them a call and just tell them that I sent you all right let's go ahead and get into the meat of the show like I said at the beginning of the show we're going to spend a lot of time discussing Mississippi State's historic win this weekend in Greenville South Carolina Mississippi State beats Arkansas on Saturday, I'm sorry, on Sunday to win their first ever SEC tournament championship. They won the SEC regular season championship last year. They repeated that feat this year in 2019, and they finally got to add the SEC tournament championship to their trophy case as well. And it just goes to show what Vic Schaefer has done in such a short amount of time for this Mississippi State women's basketball program, because it's not only the fact that he is successful. Because there's been success at Mississippi State before. When I was a student at Mississippi State back in, I think it was 2001, if I remember correctly, it was the years of LaToya Thomas when she was one of the best players in all of college basketball. The Mississippi State women's team was good. I was a student there, but nobody came to the games. The, the attendance wasn't any better. So when people say the only reason that people are going to the Mississippi State women's basketball games is because the team is good now and they're one of the best in the country they weren't they weren't on the same level as they are now there's no question about that but during the years like during victoria vivian's freshman and sophomore years when the team was struggling you know to get into that four and five seed area during those times the bulldogs were probably just as good as they were under latoya thomas matter of fact the latoya thomas years were probably better than those couple of years and nobody was going to the games i mean mississippi state had a chance to host that year when I think it was Latoya Thomas's senior year, but they ended up having to go out to Oregon because Mississippi either had something going on or they didn't want to host. I don't remember exactly what it was. I mean, 
I couldn't find any information about it because nobody cared at the time. Uh, but Mississippi State was a three seed in the tournament, but they didn't get to host. Like I said, I don't know if it was because there was something going on at State already. I don't remember anything going on that required Humphrey Coliseum back then. So I don't remember if that was the case. And nobody, like I said, nobody cared. They went out to Oregon and nobody really batted an eye. If Mississippi State were to not be able to host this year or any year, it would be a, there would be an outcry from Mississippi State fans. So what Vic Schaefer has done is truly remarkable when you look at it. Because not only has he taken a team that has virtually no history and was one of the worst programs in the SEC, and that's that's being honest. They were one of the worst programs in the SEC before he got here. And he has taken it and taken it to one of the best programs in the country. And he has gotten fans to buy in and to start coming to the games and to sell out Humphrey Coliseum and to travel. Because there were a number of Mississippi State fans in attendance for Mississippi State's win over Arkansas on Sunday in Greenville, South Carolina. So we need to remember just how good it is to have Vic Schaefer. He is the best coach on campus. Ben Howland is a really good coach. You know, Chris Lamonis looks like he's going to be a really coach. We're still kind of waiting and seeing with Joe Moorhead. But Vic Schaefer stands head and shoulders above the rest of them just because of what he has been able to do in such a short amount of time. Yeah, I think this is like his seventh or eighth year, but no, may not even be that, that deep into his career, but – he has taken a program that was, all in, for all intents and purposes, left for dead and revived it, and now it is thriving and is one of the best in the country. Mississippi State is probably going to be a one seed. Now, they're probably going to have to go out to Portland. Uh, let's go, I'll go ahead and talk about that a little bit. Mississippi State is looking like they're going to go out to Portland. Oregon lost their Pac-12 championship game, Mississippi State won theirs. It looks like they're going to get a one seed, but that one seed's probably going to send them out to Oregon. They're probably going to have to go out to Oregon one way or another, just because Oregon was going to be the lowest number one seed, and Mississippi State was in all likelihood going to be the highest number two seed, so it looks like they're going to have to go out to Portland. They're going to have to go out there anyway, so I guess if you're going to go, at least go as the one seed and give yourself a little bit of a better chance to reach to the, the Elite Eight in the Final Four simply because you don't have as difficult of a road. You're playing the 8-9 seed. You're playing the 4-5 seed winner. And then you get Oregon, probably in all likelihood, on their home court in the Elite Eight. That's probably what it is. I mean, it's not technically it's not their home court because Portland, they, Portland is not where they play, but you get the idea. So it's going to be interesting to see how Mississippi State's women's team handles this trip out there. Now, look, we could come to find in about a week that that's not going to be the case at all, that they end up going to, to one of the other sites. But Baylor is going to have top priority because they are going to be, in all likelihood, the number one overall seed. Now, the number two overall seed is, I think, going to be Notre Dame, and they'll get uh, second priority, and then all, uh, UConn gets third priority. But they all have Look, I think – I don't remember where the – I think there's a one in Greensboro, Greensboro, North Carolina. I think that's where Baylor's going to end up going. You'll have – there's there's going to be a Elite Eight – there's going to be a regional matchup in Chicago. That's where Notre Dame would like to be. And there's Albany, New York, which is where UConn is going to want to be. So that leaves Mississippi State having to go out west. And that's the reason it's probably – they're probably going to end up having to do so. So – Look, I have full faith that Mississippi State and Coach Vic Schaefer can write the ship and figure out what they did so poorly against Oregon. Tierra McCown had an awful game in that first meeting that the Bulldogs played against 
the Oregon Ducks. She played probably her, the worst game of her career. Well, the worst game of her career ever since she became a significant part of the rotation back when she was a sophomore. They, I don't know what they did, was that they did on her, but they just really did a really nice job of controlling her and not allowing her to get much of anything going offensively or defensively. So she's going to, if she's a factor and if she can get play like she's capable of, I really truly believe that Mississippi State can win that regional and can go out west and take on the Oregon Ducks and take them down. It won't be easy because Oregon is a good team. Obviously, they beat Mississippi State earlier, so that shows they are a good team. But Mississippi State will have revenge on their mind. They got it revenge for what? <clears throat> excuse me, for one of their two losses during this SEC tournament when they beat uh, Missouri and Sophie Cunningham. They can do it again when they go out west to take on the Oregon Ducks. So, and I fully expect Mississippi State to be in the Elite Eight. Now, will they beat Oregon? We'll just have to kind of wait and see. It'd be great if Oregon got upset and you didn't have to worry about it. So. All right, let's go ahead and discuss the men's team. The men's team was also victorious this weekend. They took on Texas A&M. They won pretty easily. I didn't wasn't really too terribly shocked about that. They've got the win over the, uh, the Aggies, like I said, in pretty convincing fashion. The Aggies made it a little bit closer, and Mississippi State ended up winning by, I think, 11 points this past weekend. What it means for the Bulldogs? Well, just because of some... Some results across the SEC. The Bulldogs are the sixth seed. That's really not where I want them to be. I was hoping they could find a way to get into that five seed, but with Auburn upsetting Tennessee, it took that possibility out of play. Uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss end up tying with a 10 and 8 records in SEC play, and Mississippi State gets the tiebreaker over, due to the fact that the four seed, which is South Carolina, is the team that. This is basically the team where Mississippi State finally gets a better record. You have to the reason they do a tiebreaker because Mississippi State and Ole Miss went one on one against each other. They look at the top seed. LSU was the top seed. Both of them lost to LSU. They look at the number two seed. That would be Kentucky. Both teams lost to Kentucky. They look at the number three seed. Both teams lost to Tennessee. They go to the four seed. Mississippi State went one and one against South Carolina. Ole Miss went 0-1, and, and that is the reason that Mississippi State is the sixth seed over Ole Miss, who is the seventh seed. So if you're wondering how the tiebreaker was determined, that is how they determined that tiebreaker. So, But Mississippi State's going to have a chance to, to get some revenge against Tennessee. Here's, the, here's what I will just say about the path that Mississippi State has to the SEC tournament. Mississippi State is going to take on the winner of Texas A&M Vanderbilt. You should win that game pretty easily because you beat Vanderbilt pretty easily on the road. You beat Texas A&M at home pretty easily. Shouldn't be that big of a deal for you to beat either one of those teams when the game takes place on Thursday, and it will take place late Thursday. I hate that time slot. It's the, it's the late time slot. That game will probably not start till like 8.30 or so. So you win that game, and then you have to take on Tennessee. Now, Mississippi State looked bad against Tennessee. They probably will look bad again. If you want some ray of hope for Mississippi State when they take on the Volunteers, should they get past Texas A&M or Vanderbilt? And I'll look at that game whenever we get closer. I'm hoping that I can get a show in after that game is played on Wednesday night, and that way I can get a show out to previewing who the Bulldogs are going to end up playing. It's spring break, so I've got a little bit, of, got a little bit more leeway in how much how late I can stay up. So, but if you were to get past the winner of Texas A&M and Vanderbilt last year, when you took on the the Tennessee Volunteers in the second round, or technically the third round of the SEC tournament, you played a lot better than you did in during the, the first round. So 
you can do the same thing this time around. Tennessee's a much different team when they're not playing at home. Tennessee won every single game at home this year by double digits with the lone exception of their game against Alabama. So they were always going to be a difficult out, and they were always going to be a much more difficult out at at home. On the road in SEC play, they went five and three. Now five and three is still good, but they're much they're much more vulnerable. Now the one problem is it's probably going to be like a home environment. This game is going to be played in Nashville, and it's it's going to be basically a home crowd. So I don't know how much it offsets that, but at least if you're trying to look for some type of Good sign that Mississippi State could win that game. You know, Tennessee didn't play very well in Nashville earlier this year when they took on Vanderbilt. They they almost lost that game. So maybe that's something that Mississippi State has going for them. Like I said, I'll look more at that game as we get closer, as hopefully right before the, the game takes place on Thursday. I'll try to get a show out Thursday morning to you after we have the game between Texas A&M and Vanderbilt take place on Wednesday night. So... So that's about it for men's basketball. Like I said, it was nice to send out Eric Coleman and Quindary Weatherspoon their last home game. It was nice to send them out on winning note and a, a relatively easy game for the Bulldogs. They didn't have to really worry or fret too much for, for the most part during that game. Now, on to the baseball team. This State does end up sweeping Maine. They did it re- pretty convincingly the, convincingly the first two games. first two games, Mississippi State won 9-2 and 5-1 on Saturday. Ethan Small and JT Ginn continued their dominance. Uh, Ethan Small got his first win of the year. Uh, he has lowered his ERA down to 1.5. He has struck out 40 hitters in 24 innings. He did walk his first two hitters of the year. Uh, can, hitters continue to struggle to hit against him. He's only Hitters only hitting 169. So, really impressive outing by him. Continues to do what he has done all season long. JT Ginn also continued to impress. He picked up his fourth win in as many starts. Uh, he has now struck out 32 hitters, only walked three, and hitters are only hitting 148 against him. So, combined, they have struck out 72 and only walked five hitters. Things got a little bit more interesting, though, on Sunday. The Bulldogs, for, look, you can take away a lot of things about that, but at some point, you knew this pitching staff was probably not going to have their best stuff, and they didn't. Keegan James actually pitched pretty well. He gave up two earned runs in five innings. He should have been going out with a win, but then the Bulldogs just absolutely fell apart in terms of their pitching in the sixth inning. Like I said, Keegan James, he goes, he's up two earned runs in five innings, walked two, struck out five. Probably could have gone longer, but I know right now Chris Lamonis is trying to save their the pitch their their arms and save the three starters and get them probably closer to 90 and 100 pitches once we get into conference play next weekend. So he probably could have gone deeper, but go ahead and pull him and get the bullpen in and get some guys uh, some work that hadn't had weekend work for the most part, and those guys didn't come through. Peyton Plumley's been really good all season long, but he he struggled pretty uh, pretty bad on Sunday. He didn't get record a single out. He walked one, gave up one hit, was charged with three earned runs. Jack Egan didn't fare much better. He gave up two walks. Brandon Smith struggled as well. He gave up a walk. All the all five runs were charged to Peyton Plumley and Jack Egan, and they gave up five runs there in the sixth inning. And Maine was actually leading by a score of seven to six in the sixth inning. So, like I said, they just that one inning, the Bulldogs just couldn't seem to find the plate, and it almost cost them. As a matter of fact, if I remember correctly, they didn't get a single 
ball hit out of the infield during the sixth inning, and it almost cost Mississippi State. It could have cost Mississippi State the game. I don't want to say that it almost cost them the game, but they do end up winning nine to eight. Jake Mangum, of course, obviously does what he normally does. He has a really good game in terms of being clutch when Mississippi State needed. I think they were tied uh, going into the eighth inning, and Jake Mangum delivered the either the tying run or the go-ahead run that put the Bulldogs ahead. Justin Foscu continues to tear the cover off the ball. He had a home run, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he and just he and Dustin Skelton hit home runs. And like I said, just, just Dustin hmm, Justin Foscu is just having a monster season so far. I hope and pray that he can keep it up because if he continues to hit the way that he is right now, Mississippi State has a nice potent bat in the middle of their lineup. Now, if you want reason to be concerned, there is reason to be concerned. Look, Mississippi State is hitting 301 on the season. That's really, really good. They have scored 130 runs in 16 games. I'm not exactly sure how much that is. That's probably like, I think, like seven runs a game, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't do math off the top of my head very well. But they're, they're scoring runs. They're getting hits. But the one thing that you do have to be concerned about is once you get past, like, the top four or five hitters in the lineup, Things drop off. Tanner Allen, who got off to such a red-hot start in that first weekend against Youngstown State, he has fallen off drastically. His average is now down to 230. His slugging percentage is now down to 410. So he has he has come back down to earth in a big way. Rowdy Jordan is not found his stride yet. He is hitting 186 with just a 254 slugging percentage. I think those two guys are going to get are going to come around, but it's taking a lot longer now. One thing that is encouraging is Dustin Skelton seems to have found himself. Now, he's only hitting 255 on the season. But out of your catcher, you're fine with that. Plus, he also is second on the team in home runs with four home runs. He is hitting the ball really, really well this year. So he's kind of taking up for the slack that you're not getting from Tanner Allen and from Rowdy Jordan. And Gunnar Halter, for the most part, is playing really well is playing really well himself. He's got he's got a 289 average. Hit. Uh, he's got one home run on the season, seven RBIs, uh, slugging 356. But like I said, after you get past like the first five guys, it does. There seems to be a pretty significant drop off for the Bulldogs. I think they're going to right that ship. We saw what Tanner Allen and Rowdy Jordan did a season ago. I think they'll right the ship. They've shown and they've proven during their freshman season, they can hit. And I think they're going to eventually get their bats turned around. It's just, it'd be really great if they could figure things out before they head off to Florida next weekend for the very first conference series of the year. But for the most part, this baseball team, they are exceeding expectations, and expectations were high. I think they're probably going to move up at least one spot because I know North Carolina lost their series, and North Carolina was ahead of them in the standing. So I think they're going to end up moving up at least one spot. It's possible that the matchup next weekend against Florida could end up being a top five matchup, depending on which polls that you go by. And I think that's very much on the table for the Bulldogs. And what was always going to be a good series is looking like it's going to be an, an exceptionally good series now because the Bulldogs appear to be on, like I said, on pace to be a top five team as they go to Gainesville. And I honestly believe Mississippi State is the better team right now. Florida has shown some serious chinks in their armor here in the early going of the season. I think they've got, they got at least four losses. They may have more. I'll look more at that as we get closer to the games on Friday. So 
All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the show there. I really do appreciate you guys tuning in. And if you could do me a favor, if you are a golfer and if you are in the golfer, if you are a golfer in the Memphis area, like I said, if you would check out Cherokee Valley and let them know that I that you heard about the show from Starkville State of Mind, I would greatly appreciate it. It would make me really happy and make my son really happy as well. So, But for now, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. I appreciate you guys tuning in. And until next time, as always, it'll stay.